guys and girls and everybody. This is Lissa Mandel from the Bitch Seat Podcast. As some of you may know, we are a part of the Atlantic Transmission Network, which is a network that puts out all kinds of great podcasts. A great way to support our show and our sister shows is to visit theatlantictransmission.com and click on the Amazon link at the top of the homepage. It's all the same great Amazon stuff at the same great price, but we get a small piece for sending you there. So if you want to keep shows like The Bitch Seat going, keep us happy, then, uh, you know, throw in your pennies. You don't even have to pay anything extra. Hey, guys. <laughs> I didn't say campers there. Sorry. It's I said okay. Gumpers. I love you anyway. I love you too. It's the Bitch Seat Podcast. I'm Lisa Mandel. I'm Lisa Mandel. Liar. I'm Phil. I'm Phil. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I was uh, working my vocal impressions of Lisa. Doesn't work. No, you're usually pretty good at it. You usually have my rhythms right on. I, I have would the say. rhythms, yeah. But I, yeah, that's that's true. But it, it doesn't. It only happens spur of the moment. I can't pl- can't plan it. You know, it seems now. I gotta say, whenever we come in here and we're in this room, this is like the happy place. So I always feel pretty good in this in this recording booth in the, ner- the Nerdist School. But uh, it's been a rough week, Phil. Wouldn't you say? Uh, it's been a rough week in our lives. In our lives, yeah. I mean, yes, yes. Monday. When when did I overdraft? Yeah, that was Monday. Was that Monday? Mm-hmm. Jesus. We got groceries. We felt great Mondays, about it. Am I and right? then we realized that we were going to die starving in a but pit miles. The, from how home. it began was me joking with you that the next bit I wanted to practice at an open mic was me looking at my at my balance and seeing if the audience can tell when my heart breaks. But then you didn't put it off. You didn't wait for the I open looked, mic. You just looked at your balance right there. Well, outside thank God of the I was negative seventy five dollars. Thank God I looked into it th- at then and there. But then all the everybody sitting in like the tables with the umbrellas outside of Ralph's at like six at night. While you had a nervous breakdown. While I had a nervous breakdown, I got a real fucking show. And then uh, thankfully, you know, we're able to pull it together. I don't know. It just t- it took six weeks to line up uh, any way of get making uh, yeah, a daily and income tomorrow. I mean, you'll listeners, you'll be hearing this. A little bit after the six-week mark, but we've been here in Los Angeles in this alien <sighs> territory so far from New York for six weeks. It does not feel like six weeks. Uh, it feels about like 600 years. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it, it, feels, it feels very... And also, I can, I can only imagine because... We're in a place where time stretches and New York is a place where time compresses. Yes, that's a really good point. We've been gone for like a century and here we've only been here for six weeks. But the thing is because the weather never changes here. So every day is exactly the same. It's like the groundhog experience when you live here pretty much. It's the Star Trek episode. We're going to come back and everybody's going to be 70 and then we're going to (laughs) be young. And uh, yeah, it's. Time displaces itself somewhere between the coasts. And I could tell you there's definitely places between New York and L.A. where time, where time disappears. It's yep. in Arizona. Yep. 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 <laughs> so. You. Uh, so, yeah. So it's been a week of trying to get our feet as as under us as adults. And it's, I think, easier to function as an adult who is still being a child in New York than it is in L.A. I feel like you come out to L.A. and it's suddenly like, oh, I'm expected to have X, Y, or Z thing in order. That in New York, you could kind of get away no, with yeah. like being a vagabond a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you can kind of get away with you know forgetting to do your dishes or letting the or fresh your taxes. Direct, yeah, or letting or the your... fresh direct boxes pile up in the door when they attack you like a jump scare in a horror movie or like you know, whatever. Just... I mean, because people are just getting by in New York. Yeah, which but that's I, all which, you can do. Right. You so can it's, never so do that well. it's acceptable to be living the bare minimum. But then you come out to L.A. and people have. People have houses and they practice (laughs) self care air quotes. (laughs) So, so we had a week of trying to desperately claw our way into self care. And, um, but guys, I've been moisturizing for the last six weeks and I feel great. (laughs) I'm very proud of you. Broke is dirt, but my skin is great. So, uh, well, first of all, um, should this episode come out in time, and I should know this because I should be a responsible caster, but uh, April 9th, we are going to be back in New York at QED uh, at 7 p.m. We've got yes. a live show. Peter Michael Marino is going to be one of our guests. Rebecca Vigil is going to be our songstress oh, on so hand. To see back. I know, me too. Um, and otherwise, if you don't live in New York, um, or uh, you can continue to tell your friends about this podcast uh, on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, thebitchseatpodcast.com. Yes. 
And uh, please uh, subscribe. Leave us some reviews. We want to monetize this bitch as soon as we can. Well, uh, I mean, that's on us to just open a fucking Patreon. We should just do that. Listen, we have to have subscribers or nobody's going to think that we're serious. No one's going to pat us. No one's going to pat us, including yeah. Patreon. Um, Fine. But back to the, back to the uh, news of the week, at least in our house. Uh, it felt very much like a week of being sort of uh, unmoored and ungrounded and flailing a little bit, uh, which is not a feeling that I like very much, but I feel like it's an important feeling. And it's also a feeling that I had a lot, that everyone has a lot during childhood because we can't possibly ground ourselves in like the domestic duties and But your parents can ground you. I'm trying to make a point here. Fine. I'm sorry. I didn't, I'm sorry. Bits, 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 bits. Yes. Hey, we got a bell. Yes. Uh, Producer Kent in New York sent us a bell because he felt that it was sorely missing. And I agree because you need to cut people off sometimes. Yeah. There's like a five second reset as the bell like lifts back up. So it's an antique. I like it. So, yes. So being feeling like lost like this as a grown up, I was kind of struggling to think about what I would do for myself when I was a kid and I was feeling really lost or ungrounded and how I could. Uh, rewire myself, you know, or anchor myself back to the ground a little bit. And um, I could think of a few things that I would do. Obviously, journaling was a major one. Um, reading R.L. Stein Fear Street books in my rocking chair was a major one. Um, can you talk about what you what you did when you felt super lost or out of control of your own life? Like, what was what was your go to? Um, okay, so if I had failed the test and my parents didn't find out, I would just hide. Um, if my parents found out I was not doing well, I was grounded. So I could, no TV, no computer, no nothing. I just had to sit there. So, but didn't you but have that a computer helped. and a TV in your bedroom? No, no, no. I had a TV in my bedroom and a computer downstairs in the common. So you could watch the room. TV in your bedroom even if you were grounded. No, I wasn't allowed because they could hear it. That's the thing. I bet about you watched it on mute. No, I didn't because what's the point? <laughs> and I couldn't play video games either, but like to ground myself, I mean, there was this one game I used to play all the time, and I would just play it over and over again. Uh, Super Metroid for for Super Nintendo, because mm-hmm. everything was super. But like the first ten <laughs> games were like Super Mario, Super Castlevania, Super Metroid, um, because it was like this open. It wasn't levels; it was just you explored the world. So it was just like something to do over and over because that was before the internet killed my attention span. But I don't. You see, like, you definitely found ways to ground yourself. And I, all I really did was just, like, go on the internet and find a new person to piss off in a Star you Wars a chat troll? room. No, I wasn't a troll. I was just, like, I just wasn't smart to, uh, as wrestlers call, kayfabe. I, you know, like, the wrestling is scripted. Yes. People who don't know that aren't smart. People who know it are smart. And in that language, in carny language. So I wasn't smart in the Star Wars <laughs> chat room. not PC at all. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're carnies. Um, so I was, I would just pick fights with people who were like, who had an Imperial signia. Okay. So when you were feeling lost, you were a bully. I wasn't. Yeah. But I was a bully to people who were bullying other people of lower status. The Robin Hood of bullies. Yeah. I was the Robin Hood of bullies. Okay. See, there's always a bigger fish. And I was, <laughs> and I, I, I would bully the people who are lower next to lower status than me, who are bullying people lower status than me. Is that still bullying? I don't know. Is that social justice? Possibly. I don't know. I don't know. But hey, hey. let's find out what happened on September fourteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Oh, I could tell you. Well, I just uh, I just got broken up with by my online girlfriend about a month prior. What was her name? Um, did you know? I, what did she I, say? I know her, her name. name. Was? I'm not going to tell you these things because I don't want people to investigate me. First name. First name. Uh, well, Bethany. Okay. Um, we're still friends to this day. She's doing great. Um, <laughs> she's my first girlfriend. Okay. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> but uh, on this day, um, I believe Candle in the Wind was making the rounds because oh, yeah. Princess Di just died and um <laughs> the number one movie at the Yikes. time was la confidential hey oh, it's great uh copland stallone's big supposed first comeback that was supposed to which was supposed to help him out a little bit that, that happened 
uh, Event Horizon, which was... Oh, we were into the disasterbation yeah, apocalypse well, no, years. No, Event Horizon was cool because it was like Lawrence Fishburne and Alan, Dr. Alan Grant from, from Jurassic Park fighting demons. Um, and then uh, Mariah Carey's... Oh, well, my phone's hooked up, so I can't look at it. A Mariah Carey song was doing well. She had like she was on a tear. Was it always be my baby? No, no, no. That was that was before. That was summer '96, I believe. Wow, you got your finger on the pulse of Mariah Carey's hits, huh? I was a big Mariah Carey fan, right? Yes, I know you were. (laughs) Um, Well, great. And also, yeah, and and Bill Clinton was president. In case you forgot, in case you forgot what an actual president is, (laughs) Bill Clinton was president at the time. A president who could play the saxophone and the and the hearts and minds of people. Uh, in, in a manner that was not abusive. Yeah, yeah. We're, this is not a political show, thank God. Sean so, Spicer just looks no, like the kind of guy that tweaks your nipples his and says it's your this. fault. Okay. <laughs> He's the Mike Garino of 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 press secretaries. That's that's an inside joke for me. That's. A, I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. This guy used to tweak my nipples and call me a child molester because I dated a girl a year younger than me. Anyway, whatever. Fuck him. He tweaked your nipples and called you a child molester. Yes, and he was the same age as me. So this kid from my high school, this fucking. Sorry, you may have just overheard the voice of our esteemed guest who is going to come on very shortly. Um, Just yes, as a teaser, we have two guests. Uh, Briefly, we're going to hear from um, dear, lovely friend, uh, Nora Liebman, who I'm sorry, Nora Berman. Nay Liebman, who is in town from New York. And then our guest of the hour today is going to be the incredible um, comic Kiki Melendez. And I'm so excited to talk to her. And before we get to her, I'm going to read this very schmaltzy diary entry for all of your enjoyment from the diary named Dimitri. This is in. We never get eighth grade, I think. We what? always get the elementary, like the, the beginning of middle school. We never get the, like the 97s. This is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I've, I feel like I've read these on stage before, but we got we to gotta get into them here on the podcast. Let's do it. And then you know what I'm really excited about real quick? Uh, when we move into our um, apartment that is actually ours and we can start nesting and not just subletting anymore, all of, all of my notebooks are in um, storage right now, but I'm going to break out the high school notebooks. Oh, my God. I haven't read those ever on on air all right that's how a show evolves guys that's right the show's grown up just like all of us sunday september 14th 1997 dimitri here in my privacy i feel so far from civilization i am nestled in the dim cozy soothing cavern of the atmosphere of my room my radio playing softly in the background is murmuring my 80s tunes (laughs) sunday night at the 80s on casey 101 i would not miss it for anything I know, I know. I feel so guilty for not writing sooner, especially since school has started and a million new things are happening at once. As of now, I have already completed two weeks in Guilford High School and one dance week with Joyce and Lenny. About dance, I just have to say it is, well, different. But that's as was expected. I absolutely adore Lenny. Lenny was my jazz and tap teacher. So far. He is known for really pushing and torturing his students. I feel like you've named a plant Lenny at one point or another. Not yet. Oh, okay. But now I might. Good. Uh, Pushing and torturing his students, but I'm up for the challenge. As for Joyce, she is very kind, but my fellow ballet dancers don't take kindly to new students. They tend to uh, shoot us obvious glares whenever possible. And so for not a single, uh, and so, so far, not a single starship dancer has said a kindly word to any SSPA dancer, except for Val. But that goes without saying, since we know her already from school. So what happened was, my beloved dance teacher, Michelle, um, closed her studio, and we all had to find a new studio to go to. So then we were the new kids, and that always sucks. No, you are not losing your mind. I did switch pens. The other one was running out of ink. On a bright note, let me elaborate on Guilford High School. Many feelings and powerful emotions have been involved with uh, making this enormous change. Oh, I'm not in eighth grade. I'm a freshman. I have lately felt confused, overwhelmed, bewildered, and, this goes without saying, depressed. Despite the fact that I am merely a freshman and have almost four more years in Guilford, I already see a glimmer of of what the feeling will be when I graduate. It will be the absolute worst thing I've ever known in my entire lifetime. (laughs) I am aware of how much I I so often uh, gripe about this small suburban town, and yet how will I ever find a way to let it go? It is my my sheltered life. It is all I know. 
I have lived here with the same familiar people and memories forever. When they are all gone, well, when I am gone, off to college, everything I have ever found comforting will disappear, be left behind in my own dust. How will I ever face that? I can already tell how sad it will be to leave GHS. Hey, if I was sad leaving the dump of Adams Middle School, you can just imagine. And I was only there for two years. After a mere two weeks, I am already quite attached to this new atmosphere. I knew it was, I knew it was coming all the time. I just knew this would be the beginning of my years. I have known since forever. My four years at GHS would surely be the best ones. I'm only afraid they will fly by so fast. They have already started. How much longer is this nonsense? Okay. Since the very first hectic day there, I adored it. I adored it, I think, for several reasons. One of which, as I have already mentioned, is that I have been waiting, and it has finally come. Another reason I love it is because it reminds me so much of my NYC. Guilford, Guilford High School reminds me of NYC. Chaotic and crowded and so busy that each person striding through the halls is faceless. Each mind is occupied by separate, serious, and I must say, more mature thoughts. My third reason for loving this new school is so much is because it is new to me. How long have I needed such a refreshing change? Since sixth grade. Since sixth grade, I've been bored out of my mind. So such a completely, such a completely different something is an extremely welcome change. I've waited for so long, and now I am so confident that life at Guilford High School will be as wonderful as I had hoped. What the f- like, who even am I? I have lingered longer than expected on the subject of school. It is already 10.25 p.m. How will I wake up in the morning? I took a two-hour nap today. Anyway, I truly wish I had the time to go into the details uh, of all else which has been going on, i.e. how I still am crazy about Cashin. How oh I my God, really? Yes. How I saw Carlos in the hall and remembered all the memories from Friendlies. Uh, though really, uh, oh, the really hot junior or senior, I'm not sure which, I've seen around. Uh, no bass choir, theater, auditions for regional and all-state choirs. How confirmation class and aiding in uh, Craig's seventh grade class are going. So many new things. I am unbelievably busy. And I am, of course, adoring every moment of it. I need to tie this up and get some Z's. Yeah, you so, do. So, sweet dreams. Love, LMM. That's our show, guys. <laughs> hey. It's a lot to unpack in that. There is a lot to unpack. We're not going to unpack it. Uh, we're going to unpack gonna let it. it sit. We're going to unpack it with our special visitor today so we can get it moving here. Great. Uh, our special visitor in town from New York City, filmmaker, writer, uh, and amazing human being. Oh, thank you. It's Hi. Nora Berman. Hi, Nora. Hello. Thank you guys for having me. It's yeah. such a pleasure. Thanks yeah. for sitting patiently while I unpacked my entire ninth grade. So. No, no problem. I was just reflecting on my own ninth grade experience. <laughs> yes, and how was your ninth grade experience? Ugh. I had just... So at the time I played basketball, I hadn't... Can we talk about smoking weed on this? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I do. Absolutely. It's totally So fine. marijuana had not entered my life yet, and I still was a competitive, healthy athlete, and uh, I was recruited to play basketball at a boarding school. <clears throat> and uh, I arrived at this boarding school. I was living in Vermont. I'd grown up in Vermont at the time. And on my first day there, someone asked me if we had functional toilets in Vermont, if we had running <laughs> water. And I uh, just crumbled apart inside and died. Uh, I was totally just like, I felt completely out of place. Everyone at the school was so wealthy. I was probably one of 10 Democrats in the entire school. Really? Yeah. Oh, what? absolutely. My When I was a senior, let me see. The Young Democrats Club, I want to say, was like 30 members, and the Young Republicans Club was like 200. Yikes. Yeah. Where was that school? Pottstown, Pennsylvania, 717 East High Street. <laughs> you can send your pizzas there. Please, yeah. Pizzas, yeah, anything, anything you want there. So when you arrived and people, and you had that moment of crumbling, and you had that moment of being totally lost, and people clearly did not understand who you were or where you came from, what were the small things that you did for yourself, for your quote-unquote self-care or, like, grounding exercises? Honestly, at the time, I mean, that's when I just sort of, that was a really tough year. I mean, I flirted with an eating disorder that year. Like, oh, who didn't? I know, right? I I think my grounding exercises were, uh, I was going for a lot of runs. Um, I would do our, the there was a lot of, like, sports fields, and so I would go on, like, these really long runs. I don't know, though. I mean, I was journaling a lot. I really, I think I really isolated myself a lot that first year. I was living in a dorm with, like, a lot of really, everyone in my dorm was super wealthy. I was, like, not cool enough to be part of the group. Um, 
And I think I honestly just went pretty inward. I was also listening to a lot of hip-hop at the time by myself. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. What were your favorite go-tos? Um, at the time, I remember, I want to say the Training Day soundtrack had come out pretty recently. And mm-hmm. so I was a big fan of Nelly. I was also a big fan of Notorious B.I.G., yeah, well, and the reason it stood out was because I was listening to all this hip-hop and playing basketball, and my school was, like, d- dominated by Dispatch and OAR. Like, those were the bands <laughs> of choice. Oh, God. <laughs> String Cheese Incident, all, all, the, all the greats, yeah. All the jam bands. All the jam bands, all of the Birkenstock sandals, all of the Vineyard Vines. I can't even believe I know that word still. I don't know what Birkenstock that is. Oh, Vineyard Vines. What is it? Oh my God, you guys. Vineyard Vines are these really, really, it's a really expensive clothing line. It's like really tacky patterns of like lobsters on like bright <laughs> coral <laughs> pants. Like that, it's like that kind of style. Should have known from the, from Vineyard. Vineyard. Uh, yeah. Vineyard. Like as in Martha's Vineyard. As yeah. in Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Wow. And then, so did you find, cause you ended up making some really excellent friends there and staying there through graduation. I did. Yeah. I mean, I had an amazing education. Living away from my parents was awesome. Like boarding school is like, it is kind of like a sleepaway camp uh, despite the homework. And I really enjoyed it. I made really, really good friends there. Um, but I still like, I you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know how you would have, I don't know what my peers thought of me at the time. Cause like, I guess I was sort of an athlete um, but I also was like really outspoken and really liberal. And I went, I lived in France for my junior year of high school. So like I kind of disappeared. So I don't know. It's interesting. Like, I don't know what people, how people would classify me now. Like my peers looking back. But. I think you defy all boundaries <laughs> of, of classes. That's so, thank you. That makes me sound way more empowered. You are. Yeah. You should be. Come on. <laughs> Thanks guys. Yeah. That's awesome. Actually, yeah, one of the, uh, he who shall not be named, one of his sons actually attended my boarding school. So that gives you an idea of oh, how. Oh God. Uh, Yikes. 45 son? Yeah, 45. Yeah. Oh boy. The youngest one. Yeah. It's, he was, he was a lobster. <sighs> he was a lobster. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard stories. Apparently 45 uh, landed on a helicopter in our lacrosse field. It's like upstaging his own son at his graduation. Not to hijack this into a oh, political boy. podcast, but yeah, it's pretty... It's like he repeats the cycle that turned him into 45 to his own kids. I know. I know. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you survived that time. You made it to a coast. I know. I yeah. feel like you make it to one coast or another and you're, you're home free. That's safety, I know. Yeah. I have to say, though, it's so interesting. I'm, it's bizarre. I'm from Southern California originally. Like, I was born in San Diego and I still have family there. But I feel so disoriented in a car culture. I'm, like, looking for bodegas. I'm looking for the subway. Like, it's so different. And, like, I know. Washington Heights, I live in Washington Heights, which is, like, a super, super awesome neighborhood. It's in the top of Manhattan, but it's very loud. And I keep, I never well, thought I would miss the noise. Well, especially where you live on 180th Street, which is like right out your window. Well, there's a club right underneath you and there are always people pulled up outside. And it's like, I mean, we like to joke that it's kind of like being on the playa at Burning Man, <laughs> yeah. only it's in the middle of the city because you hear the music going all night long. All night long. Yeah, the it's music growing. I do miss that. I I'm glad that I like where we live right now in North Hollywood. We live on Magnolia, which is a pretty a pretty bustling road, and I'm glad to hear the cars rushing by because yeah. without that, it would be too it would it's be, so it's quiet. Too quiet to sleep. I, yeah, yeah, I know, but I just feel I'm aware of like, and also partly because it's because um, I'm visiting and I don't have my own car, but I'm just like, how does how do you move in this place? Like everything feels so spread out and decentralized, and I keep looking for a subway. That's basically the, I never thought I would miss the New York City subway, but. Oh, neither did I, but it turns out that was my meditation zone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Well, Nora, thank you so much for visiting oh, us for this. Guys, this thank you for letting me say hi. Visit. Of course, Wonderful. of course. You two are great. Uh, is there anything that you would like to uh, plug last minute or uh, shout out or. Anything that I would like to plug. Or um, establishments in New York City that you would like to put on blast. Put Ooh, on blast. Establishments to put on blast in New York City. Um, Greedo's, you're my favorite taco place in Washington Heights. However, your delivery times are way <laughs> underestimated. I love you. Your horchata is incredible. The hard shell tacos are incredible. But 30 minutes is an hour and a half. That's, I just need to, just need, just a heads up. I will help you hire more delivery guys. <laughs> I'll do anything. It's just, I need to step it up just a little bit. Well, thanks for that. Oh, yeah. thanks guys. Laura Berman, everybody. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Got it. Are you recording? Yeah. Uh. Yay. So we're back here. Well, Phil, what do you got to say? I remember September 
1997. Yeah. I auditioned for Drama Club because that summer I was in Aladdin, directed by Thomasina Highland in my high school. And you played the genie? No, I You played, wanted to play the genie. No, no, no. I wanted to be Jafar. But, <laughs> but because they couldn't afford the rights, his name was Jamal. And, <laughs> and so they gave me two parts that they combined into one. <laughs> The royal executioner and this guy, Prince Alibaba, who wanted to marry Princess Jasmine. So they made me like a royal adjunct. I don't, they were confused. And I had this, this robe that dry rotted on me. And so when I take it <laughs> off, I had like blue garment dye from like a hundred years ago, like on my arms, I had to scrub off. Yeah. We had in my, behind my high school, there was a separate built, like little building that, uh, had, that housed all of the costumes that had, I'm sure, never been washed in the, I don't know, 40 or 50 years that they had been there. And I just remember going in there and um, you would touch you would touch pieces of costumes and they would like flake off on, on yeah. your fingers. Yeah. That's what that was. Yeah. I had to have my aunt like, oh, reinforce it. Jamal. Yeah, I know. Jamal sounds less evil than Jafar. Uh, yeah, a lot of things did you sound have less. A, did you have an Iago bird? No, it was high school. We couldn't afford that shit. It could have been me. There, the, uh, the, the monkey was... Just the short kid who auditioned. <laughs> oh, no. The short kid, Bobby, who like... This society has a problem with short people. Yeah. He was, was like the little guy. So they made him a silent kid who would hang out behind Aladdin and uh, not be a monkey because they didn't dress him up as a monkey. I don't get it. Anyway. The short people will inherit the earth one yes. day. Just you wait. They, I'm sure you guys will. You're low to the ground, so you, you know. So we can scurry away. Yeah. You can scurry away to your hidey holes. Um, let's do this. Let's do this. So this is extremely exciting. Um, we have with us a guest who is uh, a, a just larger than life, a radio and TV personality, comic, huge influence in the Latino Latina world, and just a hilarious woman who has incredible nail polish. Yes. <laughs> it's Kiki Melendez. <laughs> Muchas gracias. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we see Kiki. Um, she's in a laundromat and she's wearing like orange mules and she is on top of a dryer dancing. Okay, everybody else in the laundromat is giving her crazy looks, but deep down they're really jealous. Yeah, they wish they could enjoy themselves in a laundromat like that. And she is shaking it and she just doesn't care. Yeah, just does not care. <laughs> oh my God, I used to dance. Did you? Yes, you yes! got me. Sometimes okay. we get it right. Sometimes you we remember, get it right. Do you remember Iguana, the Iguana? On 50? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, I used to dance on the bar. <laughs> the Iguana. That's amazing. I think that's where they got that stupid movie that never made it. <laughs> oh. What was that called? The Coyote? Coyote Ugly. That's yeah. where they got it from. It was me. Of course it was. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I can tell you're a tastemaker. <laughs> so, Kiki, we started talking about this a little bit off the air, but uh, tell us uh, where, where you grew up primarily. Oh, actually, I came to America legally through Eastern Airlines. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I came uh, when I was six years old from mm -hmm. Dominican Republic. And um, we ended up in Washington Heights, 100 oh, Post man. Avenue. I love that. And place. I went to St. Jude's Catholic School. My mother was, I love my mother. My mother was a single mom. Mm -hmm. She is uh, like my hero. Were you the only child? I was an only child. And that woman, it, my her whole life was about me. And so she couldn't afford to send me. She didn't want to send me to public school in New York. Like she would mm -hmm. just not do it. So she went to St. Jude's and she's like, I'll volunteer, I'll cook, I'll do whatever. Wow. wow. Yeah, she was amazing. So I went, uh, then we moved to North Miami Beach. So my, <laughs> But the thing is, when I lived in Washington Heights, it was predominantly Jewish. You know, there was, it wasn't like the Dominicans ruined it. You know? <laughs> the Dominicans ruined it like after I got there. <laughs> I don't think, no, no, I think, but they always seem like they're having a great time. In no, that Dominicans are great people. It's just like, you know, the drug dealing. That, that part of it, it sucks, you know what I mean? But my mother was like so into taking care of me and protecting me that when she saw that happening, she picked up her bags and then we moved to North Miami Beach, Florida. And how old were you when you made that move? 12. And were you happy about it or not happy about oh it? Oh my God, I was like suicidal. Really? Because like, you had like therapy. put down roots. Yeah, I love New York. I was a new, you know what I mean? Every, I yeah. knew that neighborhood. Everybody yeah. knew me. It was so, yeah. I just, it was horrifying for me. And then it, t it took me a year to get used to Florida. 
But then I became very athletic. I became an athlete. And, you know, so I was very, I feel it was great. I, I'm glad for those years, you know. And I feel going to a, a predominantly Jewish high school and, mm-hmm. m- you know, middle school was a great influence on me and, you know, in my future and all that kind of stuff. How so? Comedian-wise? <laughs> no. <laughs> How the hell did I become a comic? I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> I went to Lee Strasberg. I'm a thespian. Oh, I don't know what did. the fuck happened. Listen, yeah. <laughs> we, we all went to... That, that happened to me, too. I went to Maggie Flanagan. I got my Meisner on, and then I was like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I got a theater degree, too, but... Yeah, we, we, it's a, it's just where did we go wrong? And then I studied I psychology because I want to help people. And then while I was <laughs> there, you do, you do. No, but it's just funny because I, you know, when I'm sitting there and all my teachers, especially when my professors were weirdos. Okay, they were so mentally deranged because, of course, because they were in psychology. Yeah, yeah, and then on top of that, you know, you're not supposed to talk in psychology. Like your, you know, your patients are just supposed to talk to you. Yeah, but because of all these rules and ethics and all this bullshit, you can't even tell. Hey, listen, bitch, do this. <laughs> This, this, and this. Yeah, it's just. If you opened your own practice, that's the kind. That's the kind of help that I need. I want, you know, yeah. like I, I would like some advice. I'm like, I can't listen. I have no listening skills. <laughs> <laughs> you also yeah. are, are you uh, study hypnosis? Oh yeah, and then I studied clinical hypnotherapy. And and how I can love it. Let me tell you something. That that is the best. What is it called? Modality mm-hmm. that you can do. I mean, hypnotherapy is so powerful. But if so you powerful. have to be your your brain has to be able to go there. Well, you know the thing is that people think that hypnosis is like a trance. You know, it's mm-hmm. not. The thing is that um, I'm going to tell you something real quick that yeah. people don't know. Uh, from the age of one to approximately eight years old, mm-hmm. who you are going to be for the rest of your life has already been established. Wow. So Damn. to give you an example, just to give you an example, let's say you're a little girl. And a dog bites you. Mm-hmm. And you're three years old. For the rest of your life, you will be fearful of dogs. Mm-hmm. Even if you're this big and the dog is a chihuahua mm-hmm. and you can step on it, you're mm-hmm. still going to be fearful of a dog. So that is what hypnosis does is bring out what happened in your subconscious mind. That brings we it up can, to the surface. Brings it to the surface. And then we can talk to it and say, hey, you're a big girl now. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You know, you're, yeah. you know what I mean? You don't have to be fearful of this. Yeah. Anymore. So it changes your, your, um, neural patterns from the root. Exactly. Yes. So, when so you, it's very powerful. It's better than psychology. I totally believe in it more than, uh, the psychology. Oh, my mother recently started going actually to a hypnotherapist and it was working for her right away, which I was shocked yeah. because she was very, very set in her ways. Yeah. And her very stubborn. Yeah. And, uh, she started to. Changing, changing immediately. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. So, but to, I want to go back to your childhood. That's a beautiful <laughs> ringtone. <laughs> Kiki's cousin is in the room and he's, he's uh, dazzling Winston, us. let me tell you, this man, I love him so much. Do you know when my mother immigrated to America legally mm-hmm. <laughs> through Eastern Airlines? <laughs> um, his mother was the one that took care of me. So oh, we really? grew up together from the age of zero to six. So it's kind of like, like you my were bro- He's like my brother. Yeah. yeah. He's like my brother. Oh. And so- we have two, you know, it was a, a four of us, four of us, but Winston and I have been very very close yeah and so what did you what hi Winston I wish I I wish I could get you on here with us too (laughs) so tell us um what things like per discussion earlier when you were feeling kind of lost especially when you were new you know you're new to this country or, or even when you moved to Miami and you were new there what kind of activities did you do for yourself to like get yourself back in your body and be like okay I'm I'm okay I know who I am it's gonna be all right like did you have little go to things that you would like to do that made you feel comfortable? Well, I was like you. I was definitely a jur... What do you call the... What do you white people call that? (laughs) Journaling. (laughs) Journaling. (laughs) Journaling. Okay, journaling. Uh, So, yeah, I was a total journaler. But I didn't write as proficient and... And what do you call that? I, I didn't write like you. I was like... Yeah, well, my what I what I had here, I lacked in social skills. So, oh god, well, the energy had, had to go somewhere. Yeah. I had a hundred percent social skill, but I could, you know. But actually, my writing, I ended up being a writer. Yeah, you know. But I, I was, I was, you definitely need to write a book, girl. You definitely need to write a book. Her yeah, that. you have, you have talent. You have talent. Mm, thank <sighs> you. So I will. I have to. I will. Oh, you know what? Maybe you can help me. 
I want to write a book. Maybe we could do it together. Uh, sign me up. Boom. I'm I am serious. There. I'm yes. serious too. If you tell me stories, I'll transcribe it and like edit yeah, it. And everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you heard it here first, listeners. I want. I have a, a book idea I want us to do together. I'm down. And it's called A Friend for Every Epoch. Nice. What do you think? I like it. it. And it's like about all the friends you meet in life and how they inspire you and shape you. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be cool? It's great. I mean, yeah. For every epoch. Yeah. We're getting to that point. Like, I don't know. I'm getting to that age. I'm in my 30s. Uh, No, I'm getting to that age where you you have friends from every different corner that you've only known for maybe like six months, two years, five Mm -hmm, years, whatever. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's like there's certain people that are your friends, but they're also like, they have a specific lesson and they're going to teach it to you in either the 10 years you know them or the six months you exactly. work with them mm-hmm. or the, that's great. I want you guys to do this. Let's do it. I'm okay. here. Yeah. Pinky promising. Right. Love it. <laughs> okay. So then why don't you, so along those oh. lines, um, why don't you share a story of a friend either from Washington Heights or from Miami beach and like some really silly thing you did together or some like crazy adventure that you yeah. had. Well, I had my friend Marucha from <laughs> FAU uh-huh. <laughs> and I had never met a Venezuelan before and I just freaking loved her. And Marucha was a nut case. I mean, like she was, nuttier than you can imagine nothing bothered her like anything that went wrong like one time walking down the hallway and some girl called her out and she's like you puta and she's like can you believe her ha 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 that's so funny it's because I went out with her boyfriend last night and he wanted me more and, and it was like <laughs> and I was mortified I'm like oh my gosh, she just calls you a whore in front of everybody in the entire school and she took it like a joke and everything and then she like fast you know she Fast forward, she gets married, she has two kids, she comes visit. And um, and I say, hey, how's your husband? You know, like, like random, you know, hey, yeah. how's your husband doing? And she's like, oh, he went on vacation two years ago and I've never seen him again. <laughs> <laughs> and she's laughing just like that. Just like just like your, your beautiful friend there. Oh she's my God. laughing. But then what like, an, what an amazing I, lesson that is. And yeah. that's what she taught me. She taught me that. That's what I learned to la- from to, her. To laugh, and I told yeah. her, I said, you know what? You taught me to laugh about everything because it's, I mean, she, the most horrible thing could happen to her, yeah. you know, God forbid. And I'm telling you, that girl, like now she says she has some piping problem and the thing burst and, and just her telling you it's like she just doesn't know how to tell a sad story that's beautiful oh I know I wish no. I wish I was like that too I know like every story I tell is a sad story even if it's not a sad thing <laughs> <laughs> I mean this week <laughs> I know yeah if we can oh at that's it. amazing that's amazing well honey I've been there and yeah. I, you know and I, I want you to know you're what is it overdraft is 75 yeah. <laughs> Was it 75? 75. Try thousands. I've oh, been up gosh. to 20 grand. Oh, I'm draft to 20 grand. I feel so. like this is just the, this is just the beginning. <laughs> of that, of that. I feel so. <laughs> that man over there saved me a few times. <laughs> oh, see, God, God bless. This is why it's important yeah. to, to have friends and have a network of people because they will save you. Yep. Well, um, Kiki, uh, I think we discussed uh, an artifact that you were going to bring to oh, share yes. on this show. So you let's, let's whip it out. You made me go through my. My, uh, like, look at this. This is my chili. <laughs> oh, my, my goodness. Trunks. Wait, my this is, when you trunks. said this is not what I pictured, this yeah. is amazing. They're like, yeah. Uh, can you get a take a picture? Yeah, Veronica, can you grab a, or anybody? Yeah. Winston, if you could grab a picture. Yeah, take anybody a picture. Anybody wants to grab a picture? Yeah, this will be fun. So we can put, yeah. Because, Go ahead, todo el mundo. <laughs> oh, wait, here. Yeah, so I can't, be, and you know so, what? You made me, see? You know, you made me um, realize that there was something that I held on to all my life. Uh-huh. Because when you asked me via email, I was like, I have, girl, that shit is in my garage. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know nothing. I've moved 17, at least 17 or 18 times in my but, life. But you held on to this. You so And the- I, I kept holding on to those trunks everywhere. And- everywhere I go. And I, and I kept them with my current undies amazing isn't that crazy do you ever wear them still never i just have to have them it's almost like weird right so like, listeners you can't see it but i mean you'll see the picture on uh, on the website but they are basically like 
tidy whities they're <laughs> cherry red and they say Chris on the ass. Now, what is that? <laughs> what do you have to? Because I don't know. That is true. That's a good question. Well, Christian did not fit, and that's my real name. My real name is Christian Melendez, uh, and Christian did not fit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, and I was going to an all Jewish high school, so I go, you know, let me just call myself Chris from now on. You know? <laughs> So how old were you when you were wearing that? Like, what was the cheerleading age when you were uh, using those? 16, 17, and, eight, uh, 16, 17. So you were a dancer? Were you a, were you a gymnast? Did oh, my you, God. Uh, I was. I, I tried doing gym, but I'm 5'10", and I kept hitting my toes on the other bars, you know, on oh, the, yikes. what do you call it, parallel yeah. oh, bars. Yeah. And I'm like, this shit hurts. This is a painful <laughs> pain. But, but I was a basketball player, volleyball player. I, my nose is broken from a volleyball, uh, from someone spiking my nose oh, instead of the ball. Man. <laughs> oh, no. And then, um, you know, I was a uh, track and field. I was a high jumper. I did a little bit over seven uh, wow. feet. And I was a discus thrower, a little bit over 100. Wow. I would have been, I actually was supposed to be an Olympiad. Which would have been so much fucking better yeah. than coming to LA to try to act as a Latina because I have the triple, my, the triple, uh, what is it called? Triple, triple threat. threat. Triple threat, okay? I'm a Latina. And I'm not even Mexican, so I don't even fit in with those people, okay? <laughs> they love me to death, but no one gives me a break because I'm not Mexican. Oh, if you were Mexican, we could have casted you for this role. You know what I mean? And then I'm a woman. Right. Okay. But it's getting, tre- I mean, it's pretty trendy these days no, to be women, a woman. Hopefully, yes. In comedy. Yes, it's getting hot. It it's is. Getting- but you know, I started the Hot Tamales. Yes. The all-female comedy show for women where Leslie Jones, Eva Longoria, Lonnie Love, oh, all these people came from. I was launching, launching, but somehow I didn't get launched. <laughs> <laughs> you launched everybody else. <laughs> Where's my launch? My that launch. Left. <laughs> yeah. If you're the launch pad, you know, you don't have any. Uh... People are jumping off you. I yeah. know. <laughs> that's where I went wrong (laughs) so when you okay I have questions because like I was a cheerleader for literally one season it was like it was I was I think 13 or 14 I did it because like all my friends were doing it but I was not I mean listen to my journal I was not a cheerleader at all (laughs) I was way too angsty for that but um but what is the word angsty I am a Latina I do not understand it's like inner turmoil turmoil that is very teenager related, oh, okay. very puberty But rather related. than let it out, you just let it boil until it just affects everything. You just kind of sit on it and then... Yeah. And Angsty, that's, and then new you, word, new word. That's where yeah. Nirvana came from, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Like solid angst. Every soap opera, every teen drama, yes. everything. So, <laughs> so, like, I did it and I felt a little bit out of place, but, like, there were women who did it who that was their that was their place that was like their comfort zone that was their happy place like they loved to get the attention from everybody like how, did you love being a cheerleader was that like a great time for you yeah i mean i was uh i don't know why i i guess maybe because i was a single child maybe that's why i wanted attention but i love my level of attention need because I'm not one of those people like, oh, my God, you know, doing stupid stuff to get attention. Like, right. You know what I mean? I mean, and so I feel like I'm not an, an attention whore, you know, yeah. type of thing. But I just love being involved and I love being mm-hmm. part of something. Were you and, on the yearbook committee? Oh, my God. I was in everything. <laughs> I was I was in everything. I'm telling you, it was weird. And I had a kick ass body. Oh, my God. Size four. Oh, my God. I was a size four, 5'11". I was just some runway. Wow. Yeah. I, I And, you know, it was it was uh, I. I just wish I would have known back then. And we all do. I mean, we all yeah, do. Yeah, we all Come do. On. What I <laughs> Did you get a lot of attention from boys? You know, um, yes. I mean, that that was another thing. I I, I had I dated the hottest guy in the entire school. His uh-huh. name was Eddie Sanchez, and he looked like John Travolta. And he even looks like John Travolta now. Like, wow. that, that fat, his face. <laughs> Oh, he aged along with John Travolta. Yeah. He's got one of those irregular. So uh, he's got those irregular hairlines. Exactly. You know, they have. Oh, every girl wanted him. Every girl, and then this is what happened, right? I was, I never thought I would get him ever in my puta vida, like they say, <laughs> and like they say in Spain. <laughs> and so I be like befriended all the people that wanted him. 
You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's like you know, I you became, have to know that's good. I became popular for hanging out with him and him and I being best friends. But rather than all the women starting to hate you because you were with him, you were no, like, no, no, I, no, no. I was real. It was honest. Yeah. Like I didn't <sighs> think he would ever be with me, but he somehow uh, befriended me. Mm-hmm. Do you understand know what I mean? But I thought he was befriending me just because, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he would be like, hey, where, where are you going to be for lunch? Oh, I'll be there. And he would come and we'd sit. We'd walk to school together, you know, like stuff. Like that. But, yeah. I, but I was, I had such a low self-esteem, like as far as, mm-hmm. I didn't see myself as a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Oh, I understand what you mean. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. Yes. And so, so to me, it didn't even cross my mind that he had hots for me or that he liked me or anything. So I, so then all of a sudden, I'm sure the rest of the women in in the school were like, he cannot possibly be into her. <laughs> See, but this is so, this is like a John Hughes movie. I love it. It's yeah. like the, le- the, per- the woman that you least expect, but the one who deserves it because she's got the heart of gold and so humble. Right, right, so right, I'm right, really right. happy yeah. that you had that experience. I know. So that's what happened. The girls would go, oh, can you set me up with him? And I was like, it was so embarrassing when we were going out, when, you know, when we finally kind of realized we loved each other, wanted to uh-huh. be together. I was mortified. See, what? that's angst. You had angst. Had that angst. is angst. There it is. Yeah. I yeah. had Latina angst. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How long were you with him? Was he like your first boyfriend? He was my first boyfriend and we never had sex. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. He kept me very, very, uh, what do you call, holy. He respected, he respected you. <laughs> or unholy. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. He respected me. He, I don't think he had sex either. I think he was just a scared. I mean, <laughs> but uh, it was cool because it was uh, it was such an innocent, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. we went out from 16 to about 18. But mm-hmm. the only problem with Eddie, he was crazy jealous. Oh, so when he saw you talking Cuban, you know, else. have you heard of the Cuban? I love you oh, Cuban yeah. people. Uh, Do not write me shit. <laughs> but you are jealous men, okay? That is your problem. <laughs> and Dominicans are sluts. Dominican men are all sluts. Don't go out with a Dominican. If yes, <laughs> I you know, I have to say I've worked with some. Puerto Ricans amazing. are okay. <laughs> I feel like Dominicans are the most entertaining though. They I, they are hot. They're hot. <laughs> but they know They're it. They're hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's leave it there. But, you know, Israelis are just as hot. So when you when you were with him, was it, did it become like a sort of all encompassing thing, or did were, did you think that you did like did you come back to your girlfriends and talk to them? Were you completely swept up in the? Boy oh no, group? I've never been like that. Like even now, my husband is Scottish, right? John, can you believe it? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the whitest person ever. Ever. I remember the first time he took his shirt off. I'm like, oh my god, he's so white, glowing. <laughs> I know, but anyway. Um. So what was I saying? I told him I have Alzheimer's. Oh, so no, were you were you wrapped up in the boy thing or did you yeah see get- I've never been like that my for me and this is my biggest problem okay is that I put friends first that's not a problem at all oh that's that's a virtue uh, but you know uh, it hurts yeah fair sometimes it hurts because you know I don't have to tell you guys how <laughs> that is when you just you're so into your friends and for me like it's I don't I don't make friends with people just for a season right I give it everything yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, and I just wish people would go back to that loyalty, especially here in California, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we find. have it in New York. High five. Yes, high, high five. five. New York, loyal, <laughs> loyal friends. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. because like, 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 let me give you the, the, the example, <laughs> right? You invite people in LA to a comedy show that they know you spend thousands yes. putting together. <laughs> yes, yes. And they refuse to pay for a fucking $10 ticket. I know. New York, <laughs> in New York, they won't take a free ticket. They insist on paying. Yeah. That's the difference. They difference. want to support you. Yeah. They want to support to them. Supporting you is paying here. Well, yeah. Supporting yeah. you is showing up. Okay, yeah, bitch. Me. I'm showing up. Do not. I'm not paying. It's <sighs> almost like it's against their their. What do you call that? Their DNA. Yeah. Their, <laughs> like it'll it'll make them feel less of a human being if, if they, they support pay. you. You know. Yeah. Well, plus people in LA don't really understand live theater uh, as no. much yeah. as in New York. No. Like right. it has a completely different level. But of it's respect. also like out of sight, out of mind. In New York, you're going to see these people everywhere because you're you're going the same pathways. You're taking the subway. Or you're, you know, you're oh, in next LA, to in LA, you can kind of like not show up and then kind of avoid them for months yeah. and months. Like I haven't seen, like we, we moved into the same area as my as our friend Colin, uh, North who, Hollywood, yeah. North Hollywood. We live in North Hollywood. If you want to send pizzas, we can one one six six. 
But I haven't. You could come over for Dominican him. food, amigo. Okay. <laughs> Anytime. And yeah. we'll make you some nice white people avocado toast. Yeah. That's basically, that's, that's our nice white people food. That's how we do. Um, but no, it, we don't see him because we don't pass him in the street to the subway. We both have, we all have our cars and we drive away. It's like a little we're, more isolated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're yeah. very insulated with our cars and our. Basically, you know, oh, create your own planet. I miss New York. I mean, this is a show about nostalgia, and I, we are feeling very nostalgic about New York. Yeah, I love right New now. York. It's the only town that makes you feel alive. You know, oh, I, I remember know. getting back from Europe, from Spain, and you know, I, you know, get into JFK and walk out to the, you know, to the curb to mm-hmm. get a cab and fuck you, move the fucking. Uh, yeah. I know, but that's exactly the moment. It's like I get out of I get out of JFK or LaGuardia, which are like LaGuardia is a hellhole. Yes. But you get in the cab and and I like here are my instructions. Like there's no like small talk chit chat nonsense. It's just like you're gonna get me there as fast as I need, and it's just like a flavor. Like there's just a. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, we just moved here six weeks ago, so I think we're still oh feeling. My God. We're it's still feeling the very first nostalgic. Six weeks, the first six weeks are hard, girl. Yeah. The first, the first six weeks. months. Might Although be for hard. me, when yeah. I moved here, I was like, I was like, what was, what was the, what was that? Um, oh my God. Dun, 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 dun. I was uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> I was as happy as that song, okay? What, Hold My Hand? Is that the song? No, no which one was it? Um, All I Want to Be With You? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. My God. Can you sing it? Because I, I can't. I want to be with you. And I'm like, I'm sunset, but I can't anymore. Oh my God. Well, Kiki, I'm so excited that you are here and I have a gift for you because uh, we give all of our, all of our guests a gift, uh, which is some piece of ephemera from my childhood bedroom. So like my parents still live where I grew up. I never moved once. It's in Southern Connecticut. Oh my God. And uh, so I have all kinds of detritus and like cute things that I just never got rid of. So I'm going to give them a new life. You're a hoarder in other words. (laughs) No, I'm a collector. (laughs) I've seen hoarders. You are a collector. I'm a collector. No. and thank oh, you, my yeah. love. So for you, <laughs> I have. You. This is from. This is from. I think fourth grade. I have to. It was from like a Girl Scout. <laughs> it's the only thing I'm doing here is a Girl Scout troop thing. It's a little oh stuffed animal God. bear, and it's got this like fuchsia sequin like bling oh my sash God, on it. It's so cute. And um. You know, I don't know. I what, love it. It's for you. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna cherish it. <laughs> See? Yes. But like, you know, give me good luck. This is what I'm saying. Like yeah. things that were things that don't that I'm done with. You know, and now they're having their next life. Oh, it's great. I love it. Giving them a, a new purpose. Yeah. Now, I, I need another one because I have twins and they're gonna fight over it. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Well, you might have to just uh, you might have to just put it on your dashboard and make it your yeah. your car mascot. Yeah, just tie tie it by its uh, its bling like a. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, oh my, my god, I love it. I good, love good, it. good. Yes. Well, Kiki, what would you like to um to plug or tell the listeners about or anything that uh, you'd like to Ooh, guys. Yeah. We need to support our children. Where's the thing here? Yes. We need to support our children. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm doing uh, there's only one performing art middle school in Los Angeles. Do you believe that? What? Oh. One Are you serious? There are so school. many in New York. I know, isn't that bizarre? Yes. That's so crazy. Bizarre. So, uh, so we don't even have money for anything, <laughs> and uh, it's a magnet school. So mm-hmm. we're doing. They always ask me to do a comedy night for them, and look at the lineup this year. This Doug is Williams, this is myself, Andy, Andy Williams. I mean, Andy Dick. Wow. I said, did I say Andy Williams? Oh my god, <laughs> Damon Wayans, Damon Wayans Jr. and Sherry Shepard. They're all doing it for the kids, supporting the kids. So we forced them into it. So then for the <laughs> listeners, well, we'll, we'll have to, we'll air this so that it'll come out in time. This oh, is yeah. on um, March 21st. If you're in Los Angeles, um, yes. it, how, how, let's it's see, what is the, the website? Sportsman's Lodge, Sportsman's Lodge, March 21st. You can reach me at Kiki Melendez, Kiki Melendez on all my uh, social media. And I will, you know, connect you. I will get you connected. And if you uh, if you want to look up what the, where this comedy show is, it's for the uh, Millican uh, Middle School. Yeah. It's at Laugh Stubs. Laugh Stubs has it. Millican Fundraiser. 
So you can find it at, uh, look at Millican, uh, that's M-I-L-L-I-K-A-N-P-T-S-A.com. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can go to laughstub.com to, uh, to look, look for tickets. And that is a really good cause. That's perfect yeah, for this show. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you want the next generation of podcasters, the next generation of people talking about truth in their lives and art. Uh, support this middle school. I'm all about this. I love it. Can we yes. talk about politics for just five seconds? We can. Five Why seconds. Why okay, not? sure. Thank we'll do it for okay. you, Kiki. Thank you. Thank we'll you. I need, you. I need to get it off my chest. Yes, yes, Okay, so yes. I want to understand something. Yes. Why is it that the president is the only person that is allowed to cyber bully? Exactly. Well, I mean, I, I, that's I mean, a rhetorical that question, like, yeah. That I, is a criminal. Like, yeah. Like, how could, does he say things that are not true? causes, you know, I mean, he could cause somebody's death. I'm sure. I mean, I think he probably already has caused a few. But I, and not to mention the fact that, you know, he he signs these executive orders that are taking rights away from, you know, LGBTQ youth and from trans kids. And you don't, like, suicides come from that. So I will say, like, to plug another podcast on this podcast, if you're not listening to the Savage Love cast, Stan Savage's podcast, um, and it is a, it's a sex and relationships advice podcast, but at the top of it, he's always talking about politics. Uh, and he was recently talking about Harvey Milk. And when Harvey Milk was first elected, how the number of... Um, suicide attempts uh, the number wow. of queer uh, children's suicide attempts went down by a huge percentage when milk was elected because there was this example being set of somebody like them in power and exactly. i think that uh, oh nora says that 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 uh youth trans suicides have gone up since the election so oh. Uh, you're right. And I think it's crazy that uh, so many things that 45 is getting away with, uh, any other political figure would not Can get even not close call to that. Him 45 because 45 is the name of a really cool kind of record. <laughs> I was trying to avoid We're taking things away. I was trying to avoid using this his name. What is doing? He's taking all the good stuff away. I know. Away. I mean, I'm not- Orange is the new black. You no. know? Oh! No. I know. Oh. Can we please bring back the uh, black, though? <laughs> I'm just so sad. I just, you know, this country is so beautiful to me, and its people are so amazing, mm-hmm. and I just always, I've never felt discriminated, and I'm a dark Latina. Like, I could go, you know, people could think I'm black, you know, mm-hmm. and I've never felt discrimination. I've always felt loved. I've always lived among the Jews, among the white people. You oh, know? yes. And, and, you know, my mother was like, she was a single mom, and they would say, don't work. You have a child. You could get money. You could get an apartment. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to work. And my mother loved this country so much that Mm -hmm. she never once took unemployment. Not even when she wow. was. Not even if she was unemployed. She goes, oh, I could never do that to to, to America. She See, always used to say. See, she used to say that the immigrants treat this country better than the people who were born here. Yep, totally. I agree. Yeah, and they have a sense that you know the the people who were born here, the old fucking white losers. Uh, <laughs> they have so much disdain for the immigrants who try to be I as know. good as they possibly can that they have to impress all these fucking rules. And it, but it happens every time. And it's 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 a hard, cold bucket of water on your head to realize that the country is still a work in progress. There's still shit that needs to be done. No, but you know what? Uh, no, I think what really breaks my heart is that we've gone back yeah. to the 50s and the 40s. It's garbage. That's, but, that's but, where we went. Well, I, and, and the executive branch currently, yes, but the difference is now that there's a whole bunch, like millions of people like us on the ground who are like, oh, no, no, I can't be brainwashed into that again. We're, like, we're yeah. awake now. So so we're like things like the executive branch might be taking a few steps back. The people on the ground are even more mobilized yeah. than ever to yeah, move forward. But it's just to, I mean, when... When you look at what's going on, Mm -hmm. um, the things that have happened already should not be allowed. They should have never been allowed Mm -hmm. from, I mean, a guy talking about grabbing pussies. This is the person that we're going to tell our kids is I know. Can you imagine if Obama had done that? He would have been impeached in a day. it's It's just that. I and he said I could go and shoot somebody mm-hmm. on Fifth Avenue and Fifth nobody Avenue. would. And it's true. And why is because that? Because I'm going to tell you something. Russia financed his campaign. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah, yep. I will put blood. Yeah. That and so we even allowed that. What 
the fuck? I, I don't understand it either. Well, this is why, like, you know, I have a lot of friends who are very politically active now, especially because of all of this. And what I can't, like, they're going to every march and every protest and calling their reps and all of this stuff. But I'm like, I really feel like we need to show up in the flesh yeah. with torches at the door of the White House. Because I otherwise, know. like, we because that, he's playing dirty. And if we don't play I know, dirty. I know, we're not playing dirty. No. He's playing no. super dirty, and that's yeah. what happened. You know, when I want to kick. You know, somebody, you're gonna, I'm gonna say, <laughs> every time I remember Michelle Obama, when they go high or they when they go low, we go high. Yeah. I feel like slapping her. Go no, uh, fuck you. Let's go lower. Yeah. <laughs> get well, down to those saggy balls of his. You know, you know what I mean? I I get mad when she said that. I know. I because mean, because where did it get us? It's. Yeah, you're right. And you're right. I mean, it's hard because I really do believe in stopping the cycle of violence yes. and, and, and that revenge is not going to do anything but make them fire but back and make fucked, them fire we back. We fucked up because all we did was our strategy was, but, 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 but Trump, yeah. uh-huh. it was never policy. It was never, I about, know. it was never that, you know, <clears throat> we shined a light, but all it did was just make him brighter. Oh no, there, it you just, know, I, I feel there was, there was something bizarre about how this all went down because, uh, there's so many things like Comey mm-hmm. 10 days before ten, the FBI. Oh, it was all, it was all mean, shady. Who paid him? So you many know? shady things. And then, oh, but uh, the, but Obama had a meeting with the FBI to talk about his collusion with Russia. But nobody said anything until after he was elected. Yeah. I, like, what the fuck? I know, but it really makes you realize, oh, okay, we're kind Emails, of- I mean, they, everybody did it in that position. Yep. She wasn't the They're only one. They're doing it now. Pence has They're it. doing it. Yeah. Trump all, has No, no, no. One. I heard that Trump is doing business from his personal cell phone and yeah. nobody's saying a word. Yeah, this Ugh. is what I don't- They're not is, doing we have anything. To be on our own. We have to be on our own. Like, the government has <sighs> has- forsaken us and so this is why i'm going to start a commune on venice beach <laughs> and we're all going to raise children together and smoke weed and it's going to be the Wouldn't next it be generation like, you know that california wants to disassociate i know they want to secede and you know i what? don't think that. i mean we my, my whole family that. lives in the new york away. area so i don't know that i want to live in a different country from that but i feel like we came to california at the right time because i feel like it is the most forwardly progressive place yes to be I know. Right at, least, at least it doesn't affect us that yes. much because I, we're going to protect our yes. own here and yeah. I, but i think it's a mistake to to want to secede because where does that get us? We walk away from the country or do we sort of impress upon the country what a society could be? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, um, our, our, you know, two things. Okay. When you talk about the electoral college, for example, you know, um, I remember with Justin, our, our Mm -hmm. dear friend, Justin, he, and I was like, the electoral college was put in place to stop this from happening. But we all know this guy yeah. is unhinged. We all know he's a nut job. Mm-hmm. So that was what the electoral college, besides other reasons, you know, that was one of the reasons. So they let us down. Okay. Sure. They let us down. They didn't care. Nobody cared. Right. And, um, and I feel like California, okay, pays more taxes. And I told Justin, I go, mm-hmm. he goes, no, but you know, the thing is, that you have the smaller states that have 100,000 people. They need to have power. But our vote is worth less. Our vote is worth I know. That's what worth- I said. I go, and what about the people in the big cities that are supporting the country? Well, I saw this insane. Don't we have yeah. power? Don't we? Shouldn't we have a balance well, every, of power? The point is that in a democracy. So they take our balance off and put their high. But we're the ones paying, paying. all the taxes, yeah, all we, the we federal pay more taxes. To the country we're than the ones they supporting. Yeah. How much money does California, I mean, 78%. All so we yeah. give. We only get seventy eight percent back of what we put well, in. We, of what we put in, yeah. and I, so I saw this map uh, of the country that was just like this tiny little. Um, I mean, it, it was bad color choices, but it was like a tiny little red circle that was Southern California, like Los Angeles area, was the same amount of population as like forty of these other states. Like, and and our vote counts for like a third yeah. of what a voter uh, in Nebraska counts for. So that's not what a democracy is, but yeah. we've also been knocked down in the, now I don't remember which publication it is, but we've been knocked down from a true democracy to a flawed democracy. Yes. I think it, was it the Wall Street Journal? No, it was, it was something else. Uh, Forbes maybe? No. But, it's fake we news. are flawed. We are flawed. But, yeah. but listen, I don't want to, I don't want to crash and burn at the end of this podcast and make it such a sad thing. So we'll, so, Here's the deal. If you have uh, opinions about 
uh, equality and justice, speak the fuck up about them. This is what we are using the internet for. Before yes. the internet gets shut down, get <laughs> on. I'm serious. Yeah, they're coming for your net neutrality. You, before we're the next China, get on Instagram. There are people forming global communities talking about expanded consciousness and equality and justice. Get on Instagram. Get on Twitter. Be yeah. smart about it. Uh, you know, like my sunset photos. <laughs> I'm on Instagram, you know? Yes, uh, I know. Oh, you mentioned Instagram. I know. I'm, I'm teasing. I know. The, but the but the point is, uh, this is not the end of us. And if it honestly, if Hillary had gotten elected, then most of the people who are now being really mobilized and activated would have just sat back on their couches yep. and not done anything. But now we have to do things. We yeah, have to do things. It started with Bush. It, with Obama, we were we felt happy and we kind of sat back for a little while. And he he did some sh- some shit too that that. Now, if Trump did it, we'd be screaming for his head. Mm-hmm. But also on the other side, he did silly. I'm little... sorry, but it's because of him that I have health care for the past several years. Fine. But it's also because of him that I could have been fined if I didn't get health care. I, I, I had a lot of close calls, but I got health care eventually. Um, but no, I'm not saying anything against him. Uh, but I'm saying like we are we're in a state right now where we're awake. We were not awakened. Yes, to we've this been ship. shaken awake. Yeah. We've been shaken awake, and now well, we're living God. in a nightmare. So, uh, but I'm saying we are not helpless. So no. we can rage and and rant about it, and that's important. And I obviously use this podcast as a therapy session. Uh, <laughs> but, yes, uh, indeed. But actively do things and have meetings with each other and have discussions and talk about your fucking feelings and uh, and then do something with them. Yes, and also follow us on Twitter. At, at the underscore bitch underscore seat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, we have been so excited to talk to you, Kiki. You're amazing. Uh, you're we would so love cute. to have yeah, you man. back sometime. It was good talk. Yeah, it was fun. I loved it, guys. Loved awesome. it. Awesome. Well, ch- check her out, guys. Uh, Kiki Melendez is all over the place. And, uh, <laughs> she was just at Los Angeles Fashion Week last night, which is so I'm baller. still hungover. <laughs> but it was I worth performed it. in front of 5,000 white Caucasian. And I bet they and all I, loved you. Oh, my God. I feel so. You know, look, I have goosebumps because... It made me feel like uh, something different happened in my life. Mm-hmm. Something magical. I was mm-hmm. so panicked that I didn't. I, I just couldn't even eat. I was so afraid because you know. And so my friends had gone the night before, and they're like, "This is not the type of crowd you're used to. <laughs> <laughs> they're not very like you know expressive." So don't you know? So he freaked me. Bunch out. of Puritans. Yeah, you know. And and it was wonderful. It was so great. Oh, Everyone so came good. over and they're like, "We love you. We love you." And I'm like, "Wow." What a great feeling, you know, just exchanging love with laughter. You know what I mean? Yes. Through laughter, I should say. It's the most important. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the picture. Thank you, guys. Kiki kiss. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, the story, guys, Uh, Treasure What Got You Here. Yeah, man. And follow you at A Flock of Sandwiches on Instagram. On Instagram or Twitter. Lisa is a person. Okay, cool. Follow me at Phil Casal or Phil underscore Casal on Instagram. Uh, and also, guys, real quick, April 8th, the Kevin McDonald, Kevin McDonald Show in New York City at the New York City Podcast Festival. I'm going to be there, and so is going to be Mike, Mike Myers. Myers. Yes, very excited. Uh, but that, that's just my own thing. Good night, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>、This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!